everyone, and welcome to what I think will be a awesome episode of Cisco Champions Radio. Today we have Fred Niehaus, hello, and we have Peter Jan, Sebastian, and Amar. All right, Peter, uh, I was about to call you Peter Jan. <laughs> I mean, you guys are sitting next to each other, so it's very confusing for my brain these days. Fred, who are you? What do you do? Who am I and what do I do? Exactly. Okay. I'm a technical marketing engineer. That's a fancy term for meaning I do something between marketing and something technical, right? Uh, I'm actually part of the team that Cisco bought in 2000 to get into Wi-Fi. We started Wi-Fi with a barcode reader, walkie-talkie, go beep for Hertz rent a car, and all of a sudden Walmart wanted things wireless. So we basically, in Richfield, Ohio, helped invent and bring to market this thing called Wi-Fi. I've heard of that. Cool beans. Peter Jan, who are you? My name is Peter Jan Efkens. I'm a Cisco champion since 2017. Woohoo! Uh, and this year, Cisco press, uh, Cisco speaker in a session and a Cisco press author. Fantastic. For my daily job, I'm a consultant architect on networking. Fantastic. Yeah, my name is Sebastian Leuser. I'm collaboration architect for a large German IT service provider. I'm since five years a Cisco champion. Yeah. Oh wait, I forgot. I'm Lauren on the Twitters. <laughs> And I'm Ohio Fred. BJNF. S. Loiser. All right. Last but not least. My name is Amr Nasher. I'm actually uh, working in Cisco Partner. I'm a Cisco champion since 2017 as well. So this is my fourth year as Cisco champions. Fantastic. All right, Sebastian, I think you were going to kick us off. Yes. Uh, what is the difference between Wi-Fi 5 and Wi-Fi 6? Well, you know, it's funny. Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6. You, you, you know, if you think about how this is done... There's two different bodies, if you will. There's IEEE that comes up with 802.11ax, which is Wi-Fi 6, right? The, and so the, you have IEEE that comes up with things, and then you have the WFA, the Wi-Fi Alliance. The Wi-Fi Alliance takes elements out of IEEE and pulls it out and makes a standard, okay, which is what is called Wi-Fi 6. It used to just be called WFA certified, right? The issue here that came in was that People knew what 3G was, 4G was, LTE was, right? But every time you said, well, I've got 802.11G and I've got 802.11AC and AA, you know, people, I can't figure this out. So they basically, there was no Wi-Fi 5, it was .11AC. But now it's, we've reinvented history, Wi-Fi 1 through Wi-Fi 6. But, but to answer the question, the big difference is, you know, used to be everything that would come out new. When you went from Wi-Fi 2 to 3, for example, which is, you know, like G to, to A to N, yeah. it was all about how do I get faster throughput? I need faster throughput. Right. Faster throughput is important. You know, you want that. But the problem is it didn't address problems that, that were in the field, like latency. Doesn't do any good how fast my pipe is if it takes forever to for build something because of latency. No. You know, and, and and wireless is the slow uh, is just as fast as the slowest on that AP. Right, it's a shared bus. It's so, an old hub. So so what what you end up getting is okay. You end up getting well. You know, sometimes if I slide that Wi-Fi off, it goes faster with cellular. Why is that? Right. Well, cellular when they're on a frequency, that's not unlicensed. Right, it's licensed. They've spent millions to get that frequency. And they use every little bit out of that. You know, it's about, in cellular, it's about efficiency. I need to get every little morsel or piece out of that spectrum I can get out of it at the time. So why don't we take a cue from them 
and implement things that the cellular industry has done, like something called OFDMA, okay? Well, orthogonal frequency division multiplexing, blah, 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 blah. You know, OFDMA, okay? Well, what's the difference between OFDM and OFDMA? Well, that's the difference between Wi-Fi 5 and Wi-Fi 6, right? So OFDMA, if you think about, if you hold your fingers up, because we're on a podcast, I'm looking at all eight of my little fingers, and I pick one of them, my index finger, okay? And you've got a data packet. And you, and it's just a barcode, boop, right? You're on one of my fingers, and you're not even but taking a little bit of space in that, in that carrier, right? In that multiple subcarrier channels. So I take his data, his data, his data, I put them all on my little fingers, and off they go. But half the time, my fingers are half empty. Think of this like a bus that pulls into the station and all the doors open for all the cars and one idiot gets in every car, you know? Wouldn't it be better if the door opens and everybody packs in and the car goes out loaded? OFDMA does that. OFDMA gives you the ability to put multiple data on each subcarrier until it can go out completely full. That helps a great deal with latency because if I've got a lot of little packets flying around and most packets on the network are small packets, right? If I can take those small packets and I can load those subcarriers up and get them the heck out of here quickly, your latency gets better, right? Now, if I can improve that latency problem with OFDMA, get more data out more efficiently, that's one part of Wi-Fi 6 that Wi-Fi 5 didn't have. The other part of that would be, well, this is great. The last couple iterations of Wi-Fi 3, 4, 5, didn't do anything for 2.4 gig. Well, that's because we kind of consider that a junk band. A lot of people say I didn't, but you know, it's a junk band. You know, well, it's not a junk band when your Amazon device that you only paid thirty dollars for only has two four. So I only get, I only have two four, right? It's not a junk band if I have IoT devices on it. How do I make more use of that one six and eleven? Those three channels, right? Using something called BSS coloring, it's a, it's a buzzword for Wi-Fi 6, but all it's really saying is, is that if I can create a cell and give it a color, your red cell and your green cell, you know, usually they're all in contention with each other. But if I can, if you've got two APs on the same channel, you're on channel one, you're on channel one, she's talking to somebody on her, on her AP, you're backing off and holding off and waiting. By identifying and giving a color to them, you can balance them out and go, I know I'm talking to you, I'm close to you. Even though she's on the air, I'm close enough, I can override you. I can, I got a strong enough signal that she's not a problem. So why don't we just color them so I know when I can go and I can reward you on the other colors for going lower. If you go low, if you turn your power down, let's go now. Versus the, the client is always transmitted at the highest power. So the client's out there yelling as loud as it can, right? BSS coloring says, turn your power down. You're only talking to an AP maybe you're 10 feet away from or 50, 30 feet away from. Turn your power down. I'll let you go when I normally wouldn't let you go. So now all of a sudden, those channels, you know, a channel that looked like it had a utilization of 100%, now just dropped down to maybe 50% or 40%, you know, whatever it happens to be. So you can go. So, so Wi-Fi 6, just to put a bow on this and finish it up, it's all about utilization and high efficiency. In other words, put clients to sleep, wake them up in parallel, you know, save battery life, you know, 
Send all them packets out at the same time, including those small ones for latency. Reuse frequencies. Make more complex modulation. Instead of, instead of 256 QAM, do 1024 QAM. Pack that stuff in even tighter so that my throughputs for a single radio is higher. You know, when you're on a single channel, if, if you make a radio, and I've told this story before, if, if your job is to make an iPhone, you know, you're making an iPhone, yeah. and, and you need a radio, and I'm making the radio. Yes. Oh, man, I got a great radio for you. It's .11ax, and it talks. It's got three spatial streams, and it's got, you know, you're going, how much is that radio going to cost me? I don't want to spend any money for it. Don't <laughs> eat up my battery life. And, and, and by the way, what's the minimum amount as a client I have to do so I can make the checkbox for Wi-Fi 6? Because I really don't care whether the radio works at all. I just care that... I when I sell it, out. I can, my spec sheet looks cool. Yeah. Well, that's what we're contending with from the back side, from the AP side. The AP side's got to deal with whatever the heck client I got out there, right? So if it's got a one spatial stream, I need to be able to get as much speed out of that one channel as I can. And I can get that through 1024 QAM. I can get that through, you know, more speed out of it through less latency, through OFDMA. You know, I'm using all of these things to get not only faster throughput, but a better overall performance. So that's the big takeaway with Wi-Fi 6. Now, the downside to Wi-Fi 6, okay, is it's really cool and it does all this, provided you got Wi-Fi 6 clients. Of okay? course. Well, you know, if you take an AP like an AP 4800 or 3800 that we've made for years, man, that's got client link. It'll beam form to a legacy client. It's a rock in the AP. It'll probably beat the pants off of one of our brand new Catalyst APs if you've got lots of old legacy clients and things like that. So what does that mean? It means if I have a 38 or 4800, I'm still good for a couple of years because there's a lot of legacy clients out there. But eventually I'm going to go, I got to pull that 48 out of there because I need a catalyst because everybody's Wi-Fi. Everyone sticks. needs a catalyst. And everybody oh. needs a catalyst. Yes, I'll pay you later. <laughs> so... I mean, it's a long answer, but there's a lot of elements to it, if that makes sense. But there's, there's something really different in, in the carrier with RFDM, RFDMA. How about downwards compatibility? How about what? Downwards compatibility, because you're changing the carrier on which you're modulating the data. You're doing it on a per-emission basis, if you want to say that, you, because you're right. If I'm talking to a .11N client, you know, Wi-Fi 5 client, or, you know, or I mean, an, AC, yeah, an AC client, which is Wi-Fi 5, or an N client, Wi-Fi 3, or all the way down to Wi-Fi 2, one. which is G or whatever, or 1. Or B, uh, one would be one. B. You know, part of the game is to get rid of all B clients. You know, you really want to get rid of things that are that far away, you, you know, they're that old. Because, you know, a B client is on the air going, my name is Fred. You know, I want an a AX client that goes, Fred, get it out of here. You know, because, I, you know, I, the longer I've got to talk, the longer everybody has to wait. You know, I'm a, it's a shared medium. And so the whole idea with Wi-Fi 6 is to, to get it out there. So to answer your question, if you have a lot of mixed clients in that environment, it isn't really until you get Wi-Fi 6 or, you know, or .11ax clients up to about 30% of your network that you're going to see an improvement. Otherwise, you're like, man, I just bought this new AP because they told me it's faster and better. I don't see anything faster and better. Well, no, you won't. Put 30 clients on there. Put a bunch of voice clients on there. Do some things. Load that thing down, which is what we do You know, here at Cisco Live. I mean, you, you know, we eat our own dog food. I mean, if this AP, you know, if the APs we deploy here don't work, you know, then, then we have a whole, whole different podcast, don't we? <laughs> you, you know, so, so you know, it's, it's all about handling those kind of capacities 
And every time we come to this place, Barcelona, Mobile World Congress in here, if you look at the throughput in terabytes, that thing goes up and up and up and up. Every year, the terabytes go higher and higher for the data. Yeah. But if you look at the access point utilization, how long has that thing been on the air? And it's staying as solid 66, 60% across the board, even though every year it's faster. Why is that? Because every year, more AC clients come in, more end clients come in. Yeah. As they all come in, you know, we're getting faster throughput, and keeping the same utilization. You can get a required rate at a higher pace instead of the lower one. Perfect. Yes. For a higher utilization. So when you get to AX clients, the whole goal is to be able to have, I don't know, twice the data we got now and still be an access point utilization at 60% if you can do it, you know. So to put it down, Wi-Fi 6 is basically all meant to get the most out of our shared spectrum. Correct. High efficiency. You know, there, there's a term in the 802.11ax you'll see called HUE, H-E-W, high efficiency wireless. Yeah. Versus just you know the, 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 wireless other, fidelity. Yeah, the other one. You the know, the, well, the previous one was VHT, very high throughput. <laughs> the previous one was all about throughput, very high throughput. Yeah. Now it's about high efficiency wireless, getting that same throughput, but efficiently. Yeah, which is much better. I recognize it from other frequencies, things that I've seen in my career as well. Mm -hmm. With uh, using that frequency band as optimal as possible, using compression, whatever technique, just to make sure that that band is correct, used as efficient. But are there any tricks in that neo access point that I'm sitting right across the 91? Well, you know, we, you know, we don't. But I can actually mix and match those n clients and ax clients, and is that AP sure you can. Let's, smart let's... enough to use the ax in an optimum? Compared to the classic clients. Well, mm. there's <laughs> compared to what now again? The classic Cla clients. Classic clients. The classic clients. Okay. Like like old school. Couple old school. Yeah. That's like me. my I'm, old I'm school. Fifty eight. I guess I'm old stream AC wave two clients. Well, there's it's a there's a couple things. If you look at the previous product, this is a ninety one thirty we're talking about today. Ninety one thirty is the very latest Cisco AP that's eight by eight and five gig. And four by four and two four. Basically, that it is eight by. What does mean for those who are not wireless? Yes. It, what happens is, you know, you can fix any problem if you throw enough treasure at it or enough hardware at it, right? So, so when you say four by four, what you're saying is, I have four. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking. I'm, I can be an AP, a, a Wi-Fi version one AP. I have one antenna. That's all I got. I don't even have two. You know, talk to you on the one antenna. That's yeah. one stream. That's all, all I got, right? Period. If I have a AP that's four by four, and, and if you think about the first AP only had one antenna, and the signal hits the one antenna, if the signal bounces off something else and hits the one antenna, reflection. It can, the reflection can cancel itself out, okay? So you basically have a null or a dead spot, right? It's just a, it, it's a harmonic. It's just a, you know, yeah, if, you only, if you only have one antenna, and you happen to be fixed and you're not moving and you're in that dead spot. Well, shame on you, right? You can't get any throughput. Oh. So the next AP put two antennas on. It's like, well, if you have trouble with this antenna, try the other one. It's physically moved over, kind of like, the, like a pool ball in a, in a, you know, you move the, the reflection. You try the other antenna, right? That was an early version of Wi-Fi. At some point we decided, why don't we just throw four antennas on the AP Put a radio transceiver, a transmitter, and a receiver on each antenna. And then when I hear you and you're reflected on one antenna, that's all right. Three other receivers heard you. Okay? That's a four by four. Four receivers 
and four transmitters. So you, meet, you might see something like four by four by three. It means I got four transmitters, four receivers, and three spatial streams, meaning I can send three different data out, each an, out of three antennas. What do you do with fourth antenna? I'm augmenting. If I'm gonna send you a signal and I want you to have a nice strong signal, but I can tell you're weak from what's coming back, I might use the fourth antenna to build that signal up and make it a little Ooh. bit stronger. That's, that's why you see this nomenclature, four by four by three. Four spatial streams means four transmitters, four receivers, three spatial streams, four by four by three. There's some APs that do four by four by four. Well, we made an AP that did four by four by four. It was called an 1850 AP. And you know what? It was on the spec sheet, it was four by four by four. But guess what? You take a 3800, it's four by four by three, and it'll kick its butt because I use my other antenna to augment. If you do four by four by four, you don't have an extra antenna to augment anything. So come for those dead spots. Right. Well, it causes problems. A four by four by four is fine if if you and you might, but you don't have any clients that did four. But there's still quite some complex mathematics going on in that AP. Oh yeah. Actually, do that amplification because there. basically you need to have that amplification all the way. Well, you have to understand on the spot on you the, have my to, antenna. You have to understand on the antennas how that signal from the client hit those antennas, right? Some antennas are going to hear that better than others, yeah. right? If you know that, and we did that with ClientLink on early things, we did our own implementation of this, you know. You know, if you knew how that was coming, you could send it back the same way and make it better. With .11ax and with AC, but they never really implemented it much. So basically, the client can tell the you. Clients and use that. The client of, um, can send you data. Before, when we did Cisco proprietary uh, client link, we did it from the AP only. Yeah. I got four antennas. I know what I hear you on. I'm going to send it back to you the same way, and I'm going to augment it better, better to you. Now, with a with AX or Wi-Fi six, the client has the ability to say, "This is how I heard it on my antennas inside the laptop or or phone, and here's how you can do this to get better signal to me." So now you got this handshake approach where you the AP knows how it heard, and the client's telling you how it heard. And you do all of those things better to make beamforming as a standard. And the, and the reason that you're doing that is because there's other elements of beamforming. Beamforming means just getting the signal stronger by whatever means I can. But if I want to do something called multi-user MIMO, you know, mm. you know, those are a lot of buzzwords, right? What that's saying is MU MIMO, multi-user, multiple input, multiple you know, output, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is, is I want to take those four antennas and I might want to at the same time send him a signal, you a signal, and her signal different data on all the antennas. Instead of you know using the antennas to augment each other, I'm sending different data out to people at the same time. That's multi-user MIMO. That's a big deal. Just a small question. I'm not sure if you answered that already, but what's the main main difference between the, nine, the new access points and the like 38 the, series? The, the big difference between the 9130, the new one, and the previous ones. If you go back one model, 9120, <clears throat> 9120 was a 4x4, 5GB, and a 4x4, 2.4, which means there's a four transceiver radios in it, right? If I wanted to do dual 5, and the reason that you want to do this flexible radio architecture, FRA or dual 5, is if I have one big cell, this room, okay? I'm in this room, and the AP is on the table. Everybody in this room is going to get a really fast throughput. We're all going to hit this because we're looking at it, right? Woohoo! 
go out in the hallway and get 10 more clients that are out in the out out far away every time they connect they kind of mess you guys up you're you're connecting really really fast and they're jumping in wanting to go slow right womp 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 exactly and there goes your wireless network well what if i told you you could take a 9120 and take its radio from a two four and a five into two fives and i'll create a microcell on the one five for this room and I'll create a virtual AP on five gig, if you would. It's a real AP that has a bigger antenna. And now the uh, people out there connect at their speeds and you guys connect at your speeds. So I, I, when we started the conversation, everybody was on one channel at 60% utilization. I split off micro macro. Now I've got a cell at 20% utilization on one channel. And on a completely different channel, I got them out there at 23% utilization. The takeaway is the channel's not on the air much. I get faster throughput. I don't have to compete. I don't, my retries go down. All that makes better. So to answer your question, the 9120 gave you the option of having a five gig and a two four or shut off the two four and I'll give you a dual five. This is a tri-radio. Ooh. This is much different. What happens with the new 9130 is it's a 5 gig 8x8. There's eight radios for 5 gig and four radios for 2.4. So it's an 8x8 on 5 gig and a 4x4 on 2.4. What does that mean? It means that if you're doing Wi-Fi 6, I got eight radios that can do multi-user MIMO and send different streams. And eight radios, here's your weak signal. Eight radios works in your benefit. Huge. But if you decide... I still want to do high-density micro-macro. I could take the 8x8 radio, break it in half, turn it into two separate 5-gig 4x4s, and do exactly what we did with the 9120, micro and macro, but I can keep the 2.4 active. It's a tri-radio now. So this thing does what the 9120 did, but also gives you 2.4 as well, which you did not have. It also has something called an RF-ASIC, which is a spectrum analysis chip that's in there that can detect DFS falsing. And, you know, everybody makes a chipset, you know, uses a chipset. Vendor. We used to make our own chips years ago, and then it didn't make sense. You, know, you go to a Broadcom or a Qualcomm or a Marvell now to, to get a chipset. Pretty much everybody does that. But chipsets can sometimes false. If you get a bad client out there that thinks it's a radar signal, like, you know, well, we have a spectrum analyzer in this on something we call an RFASIC that will listen to that. And if it is a false, the manufacturer of the chipset might be saying, shut the AP off. Our spectrum analysis goes, no, that's not, that's a malformed client. We're not getting off. Chipset vendor, don't turn that AP off. Leave it on. We're, we're overriding that. We have some AND gate technology that over, you know, that overrides. That's cool because I've had that experience with DFS inside the building that says, I have seen a radar. I'm shutting off my radio. And, and there was no radar. And there was it no wasn't, radar. Uh, no, no, it was inside yeah. a building, no windows, no line of sight. There was no way you could have ever seen a, radi a radar thing in that frequency. Chances are a bad client was chirping yeah. or making it look like radar and it shut it down. Yeah. If you have a full spectrum analyzer, you can look at that and go stop that. The same thing with off-channel scanning. Most APs are on a channel. I'm servicing you on channel out. I'll pick a number 12. I'm talking to you on channel 12. I still have to scan other channels so I know that if a DFS event happens, I got to jump somewhere else, right? So if you were to look at the AP in a throughput scenario, you'd see little spikes where it went off channel for a second to look at things, right? Having a dedicated radio with an R, what we call an RF ASIC, a dedicated monitoring spectrum analysis radio, 
it can do the off-channel. So you don't have to... So you're, ba you're basically coupling the energy bundle to the RFASIC and analyzes it there. Yes. So I don't have to... I don't take a hit on looking at channels. If, if, you, if I have a client in the near field and I want to just do basic location, what we call fast locate, the radio in the AP that is not servicing the clients, not the 5 gig, not the 2.4, the RFASIC, it can listen amongst other ones and say, oh, I know where you are. My AP heard you, his AP heard you. you know, we can kind of triangulate you and do a fast locate quicker than we could if we had to take the radio off channel and go look for you. You know, so, so there's a lot of that stuff that's really cool. This 9130 is the only AP in the industry today that supports external antennas. There's a model version of this that allows you to plug an antenna in with a single insertion and connect all eight antennas together and, you know, that are inside the, the housing and, and it will work. Now you're holding something, you know, people on radio can't see that. It's a little adapter and it plugs into the side of the AP and it gives you conventional connectors. Yes, because so, this is really different from my old yeah. connectors that so, I'm so, with. Right. So, so what you have there is, and it's better just to describe it, what you're holding there is we have three antennas that are designed right now for this 9130. We have a ceiling mount, a omni, a pole mount omni, and a 6 dBi directional antenna for this new AP. And the 6 dBi directional antenna actually allows you to mount the AP behind the antenna itself. There's a mounting bracket that's an option. So it's a single clean installation, right? But that does eight by eight. But how about the interference? Because there's also a backhaul. Well, there's... You have the antenna, you have the AP. And no, because the, the, the 6 dBi patch on that, it ah, goes okay. forward. It goes forward completely. It's a directional antenna. If you had an omnidirectional, your question would be valid. Yeah. The metal of the AP would cause directionality. So we have those three antennas. But what if I have a need to send the signal to different places? You told me I could have two five gig radios and a two four. If I plug that adapter in that he's holding, it's just a little cable about two feet long. It's got a square connector on it. We call that a dart connector. It's an eight port dart. There are digital signals. Dart stands for digital analog radio termination. There are four, there are, there are 16 digital signals. There are eight analog RF signals and it's a radio termination connector. Looking at that single cable you plug in, you now have eight standard RF connectors called RPTNCs. Can I connect two antennas? That I can connect any antennas I like, you know, just two at the same time, two, with the same cable. Two of the same. You could take two conventional antennas from a previous AP product, connect one, say they're 2566 patch antenna Cisco cells. This is a 6 dBi patch with four leads. Okay. I could take four leads on one of those ports, the group of four. Okay and do 2.4 and 5 gig out of that antenna. I can then take another antenna with four ports, plug it in and do five out of that. That allows me to have two separate fives. One's a five and two four, and one's a five only. Heck, I can do the two, four and five outside to cover a, a, a playground or a park. At the same time, the five gig could do the inside or in a freezer, out of a freezer. So any different Correct ways. me if I'm wrong, so I can make for example, have like one access point and make it like virtually as two. Yes. <laughs> Is that right? You take one access point using those that adapter and make it appear like two completely separate access points with one Ethernet drop, one mount point. Okay. 
you mentioned the new ex uh, the new antennas who can you can place the access point directly behind the antenna um how can i see is there any possibility to see what the status of the access point is if it's hidden behind exactly, the antenna? exactly one of the things that we did with all of these new antennas every one of the new antennas we've come out with we've put a double eprom in it a chip in there with an led driver so now every antenna has the same led on it as the access point And if you look at the design of this access point, which you can't see by radio, but, but it's got a, a sleek, round look to it. Pinaferina, the same people make the Alfa Romero, or whatever, we employed them to, to give us a design for an AP. We've made the antennas look just like the AP. We've made the AP look just like the AP amongst different models. All the same mounting brackets, everything is the same. So if you take that 6DBI antenna patch, put the AP behind it, it's going to look like just a bigger AP, with the LED flashing, the same way it does on the AP. Nice. That's consistent. That yes. makes it also easier to look at it. And and we're working with partners. Because it's a double EEPROM in there, we're going to tell partners, if you want to make an antenna we don't want to make. For example, if you have a 9120 AP and you use a 13 dBi antenna, high-gain antenna, you have to have a P version, a professional install version, right? There's no more P versions. With these antennas, because they have double EEPROMs and they tell the AP exactly what's in it, the AP can dynamically change its power for the antenna that it's connected to. So you don't need a special P version. You don't need anything. So if, so if, if for example, you're Sebastian, say that you be become Sebastian Electronics and you decide to make a new antenna and you want to plug it into the Cisco AP. Come to us and we'll tell you what the EEPROM ought to be and you tell us what gain and we'll give you the information. When you plug that antenna into the AP, it's going to say it's a Sebastian 8DBI Omni antenna and eventually you'll be able to go into Cisco DNA and all that other stuff and go, oh, look, it's Sebastian's antenna. There's this pattern and that's what the AP is doing. You know, you have all this telemetry talking If you cut the antenna, we'll know it's cut. If you if you change it, we'll we'll you're, you're bringing we'll know. intelligence to the antenna. Uh, exactly, be bring the intelligence to Instead the antenna. Instead of manually selecting the antenna in prime and to give you right and, and to, to show you how that's uh, to show you how that's a benefit. If you take an internal AP that has a 4 dBi antenna built into it, the AP is programmed to get the most power it can out of that 4 dB. Right. If you buy a 9120 with an RPT and C on top we know that you're going to use up to 6 dBi. So if you screw a 2.2 dBi antenna on it, it's going to be worse power than it would be. And, it, and the AP can't, could, could th in theory, turn its power up, but it doesn't know that, right? So if it doesn't know that, it doesn't know how to turn it up. So on the new 9120, there's one antenna port on the RPTNC that's purple. And it's purple because we're doing some self-identifying on that. But it's a rudimentary way of doing it. The 9130 with the double EEPROM and everything is the way to do it. You know, it makes the antenna a little bit expensive, you know, because you've got double EEPROM, you've got electro live electronics, you've got special connectors. Drivers, but, firmware, for, security. All of that. And, and the thing is, it's, but it's still better than screwing an RPTNC connector eight times on a device. Could you imagine if you had installed 500 APs and each AP had four RPTNCs or even eight if, if you wanted? 
You're going like screwing like this all day. That's long. what interns are for, right? No, minions. <laughs> minions, yes. I've, minions. I, I've actually went to uh, my mom had a problem at the hospital one time, and I went there and I saw an AP with its antenna crooked and, and like an OCD. I climbed up the ladder. I'm gonna ch- on the on the fence. I'm gonna change this. The antenna fell off in my hand. <gasps> they never really screwed it down because you know, person probably just got tired of screwing them in. <laughs> Give it a half a click. Let's no, go to no the next. No wonder the Wi-Fi was bad in the hospital. Exactly. You know, and, and so so this new connector, one insertion, and eight antennas are connected. You know, it's it's designed to make installs faster. It's designed to make things more robust. You know, it's it's we're doing a lot of things. You know, you learn. That's probably also hyperlocation enabled already. Just like Hi- hyperlocation is a very interesting topic. Hyperlocation, okay, is a circle. For those who don't know, it's a special array antenna array. It's a circle of antennas. And it can tell by Doppler when the antenna hits the circle. If you, if you hold your hand out with all your fingers up in the air, you got a circle of fingers, right? All five the, of them. All five of them. And if the antenna hits the middle finger first and then scrapes across the index finger, you know where the signal came from, right? You know, yep. you know where that's different than fast locate, which is just like, what do I hear in the near field, right? Hyperlocation is an exciting product, but, 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 but. You need software that makes it work, right? I mean, the hyperlocation we have today in the in the 4800, it's a it's a little bit challenging. You've got to aim the antenna, you know, the a- access point. You got to put it on the map correctly. Rub your tummy, pat your head, da 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 da. You, you know, and I'd like to see that better. Well, we've got some things I'm not talking about. <laughs> we'll address that, okay? And you know, so so no, we did not give up on hyperlocation, and no, we did not give up on modules. You know, we got where you plug a module in to do a certain thing. That's a feature that we have in the 38, and we're bringing that out too in in well, newer products. I heard you could also put Zigbee in. Yes, these particular APs have not not only do they have Wi-Fi in them, but they do have Bluetooth BLE, they can beacon, they have Zigbee, Thread, and the 9120 and 30 have a gateway in it. So why aren't you demo nice. why aren't you demoing that at Cisco? How come you don't have that out yet? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Oh wait. What's no. wrong with uh. you? <laughs> well, keep in mind that, you know, um, and this is kind of my tongue-in-cheek approach. You know, when I was, you know, when I first started at Cisco, when they first came out with the Amazon Echo, I go, who's Cisco Systems? Cisco Systems is a hardware telecommunications company. Yeah, I'm hardware, buddy. I like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, now, you know, as, as you know, with DNA and all the things, we're morphing to a software company. You've right? always been a software company on We've the always of hardware. Been, we've always been a software company with rocking <laughs> hardware, okay? Ooh la la. It's hardware, man. Everything's hardware. I love it. <laughs> Any, anyway, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is if I come out with a Zigbee thread gateway, I probably need to give you an SDK to be able to do that. Yes. I probably need to be able to put hooks in that Zigbee gateway into the controller and the thing so that you can see things. Yeah. That's all software. And hook it with HomeKit and all the home assistants and everything else. Correct. Yeah. And we got a short runway. We got to get that DNA good. We got to get assurance running. We got to, you know, we have a lot of software we're working on. That Zigbee gateway is important to us. Probably in about four months, five months, you'll start to see things come out with that. Awesome. Roadmap. What? Roadmap. Roadmap. Except we know about this, right? Yeah. That, that. You mentioned uh, the Mobile World Congress and how important the clients are for the new features and everything. How do you see the adoption of the client side for the new things? How do I see the adoption of clients on Wi-Fi 6? Yes. 
Well, it's, it's kind of challenging, okay? Right now, I just went out the other day and bought a new iPhone 11. The new iPhone 11 has got a Wi-Fi client in it, right? But does it have the new Wi-Fi 6E, the extended 6 gigahertz that's coming down the pike? You know, mm -hmm. you know, you know, would you keep... Yeah, I'm not finished with 6. <laughs> now we have to get right. 6E. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, is there's always the horizon, right? So it takes a while for clients to embed, okay? And, and that's why, what's the roadmap on the client? Well, no client wants to not be a, a, a Wi-Fi 6 client. You know, if you're going to go buy yourself a new tablet, you're going to go, is it Wi-Fi 6 or not, right? You, you know, <laughs> but if you're a company and I've just issued you a new tablet or notebook, You're going to live with that for the next two years. I don't want to hear about your Wi-Fi, <laughs> right? Yeah, three or four. Yeah. Three or four, right? Exactly. So, so the answer to that question is, if you're a college, I'll take the most schlockiest, crappiest Wi-Fi 6 I can get my hands on because I want to tell these kids I got the latest Wi-Fi in my facility, right? Oh, dear. But you're not doing them any real favor until you, you, know, you get them a, a good one. But, but anyway, <laughs> the, the point I'm making is, is, is If your environment is an office complex and everybody's running AC clients and you know that you're not going to get Wi-Fi 6 till about 30% of your network for the next two years or year. Hypothetically say, speaking. Hypothetically speaking. I'd say that 3,800 you know, 3, or 4,800 you have in the ceiling is just fine because we build these things so that they don't die. You know, one of the things that a lot of oh, our yeah. competitors build, you know, think about this. This is Cisco Live. Look at how high the ceilings are up, up in the air. They're, they're super high. If I was a tire plant and I had robots moving tires around the plant and it was hot in there and the antenna was 30 feet in the ceiling controlling those robots. If that AP failed, you wouldn't want me to go, well, let me just give you another one, and here's a jacket with a Cisco logo on it. Hope you're happy. You're going to be like, you just took my line down. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I build these APs. We build them here in Cisco. Richfield, we design them in Richfield, Ohio. We work really hard to make sure, and you know, you can bang things. I'm not supposed to do that, but, but somebody asked jump. me to try to do that. <laughs> but I can literally throw this AP. I can drive over it with my car. I can throw it in a hot plant, tire plant, take it out of the tire plant, go find me a Kroger freezer, throw it in that freezer, and it will work, okay? There's people at the booth over here this morning talking even, to me. Even a non-ruggedized? Because they're also special ruggedized outdoor APs. They, these these APs, as they're built enterprise right now, are completely sealed as best we can do it, completely thermal as best we can do it. We put our heart and soul in those so that they don't fail. Now, we will make other APs for outdoors as well. But the, the, the point I'm making is, is I'm damn proud of those that they don't fail. And it's, a, it's a struggle I still see 1131s out in the field. Okay, you still see 1131s in the field. Do you know when we released the 1131? I'd be willing to bet you it was probably around 2003 or 4. Something okay? like that, yeah. Well, 2003 or 4 to now, and you still see them running. Okay, there are companies that make Wi-Fi devices today that weren't around in 2003 or 4. <laughs> <I> know. Okay, <laughs> you know, 
I build them so, we build them so they don't fail. That's and also a problem replacing them because the customer says, yeah. it still I, works. My, my Wi-Fi still is still works. working. Exactly. So why should I replace that? Yes. Well, there you go. So and, you've and made it perhaps a little bit too reliable. Well, I would rather well, side especially on with that the customers, the especially with the customers that they need just internet without caring about right. any. <laughs> well, you know, again, inside the offices, there's a lot of companies that make products and, and with the mindset that. Oh, the technology will change in a couple of years. So, you know, make, just make it cheap and get it out there. Exactly. And we find ourselves competing against that a lot of times. And, and you know, sometimes it's good to be, you know, the best in what you do and, and deal with it. You know, it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't cases where lower cost APs, and we, we do make a line of APs going all the way back to AC that are real small fit in your shirt pocket. You know, we make low end stuff. You know, but but the Catalyst line, like I said, these were all redesigned is the very best. Catalyst is Cisco's most important name. You know, if you ask anybody, what do you know about Cisco? 6500. Catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> 2960. 2960. I was quite upset because we used to call them Aeronets, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like, you know, what's wrong with Aeronet? Why do you got to call it Catalyst? And, mm. you, know, you know, I mean, you know, that, that fight happened. Well, we redid a lot of the software, didn't we? Yeah, well, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, the takeaway was... Aeronet was the second best known name within Cisco, believe it or not, when they were doing little surveys and asking people. Yes. And it's like, but even Aer the name Aeronet, it pales when you say Catalyst. So let's just make the very best APs, call them Catalyst, call it a day. That's kind of what happened. And on that note, I think we can wrap up because it's been a lovely podcast. Um, thank you. I, I had a lot of fun. I hope you all did too. And um, if y'all want, you can listen to or find Cisco Champion Radio on, there's someone standing right there, uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Stitch, no, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, thank you, I was about to name a clothing company. Anywho, um, thank you and have a good afternoon. And thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Yay. Thank you. Thank you.